This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by the Top Producer Summit, held February 5th through 7th in Kansas City. Register now for a schedule packed with the nation's top farmers and leaders speaking on important industry topics, all at the 2024 Top Producer Summit in KC. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. As farmers, we hear about plenty of programs willing to pay us to use certain sustainable practices or perhaps pay a premium for commodities grown in a certain way. There's nothing wrong with those programs, but sometimes it's difficult to sort through all of them. Farmers for Soil Health is a new program supported by commodity groups through the USDA. It could be a great option for many operations. It's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside, brought to you by the 2024 Top Producer Summit. I'm a farmer that likes to learn, and there are a lot of options out there, both online and in person, to gain knowledge on all kinds of topics that impact agriculture and beyond. One place I'll be this winter to grow and learn is the Top Producer Summit, February 5th through 7th in Kansas City. Each year, you can count on the Top Producer Summit to bring together some of the nation and world's top farmers and ag leaders to discuss, share, and learn from one another. It's a jam-packed schedule with topics of interest to just about everyone. And with a location central in the country, it's a place many of us can get to without a long trip. I'll be at the Top Producer Summit once again, and I hope you'll join me to get the latest tips and trends on critical topics in agriculture. Just go online to register for the Top Producer Summit 2024 in Kansas City. Jack Cochran is the Director of Sustainable Supply at the United Soybean Board, and he's recently been speaking to many farmers and ag groups about Farmers for Soil Health. As he'll explain, in an industry that has many different climate-smart programs out there, this one is certainly intriguing, as it has the support of farmer-led commodity groups and funding secured through USDA to make direct payments to farmers to adapt certain practices. It could just be the perfect program for many producers who would like to de-risk an attempt at using practices such as cover crops. I learned a lot, and I think you will as well. Here's our conversation. Jack, we're talking about Farmers for Soil Health. Some may have heard of that, but for others it's totally new. So simply, what is Farmers for Soil Health? Yeah, Farmers for Soil Health is an organization that was created by the United Soybean Board, uh, National Corn Growers, and the Pork Checkoff, where we came together and decided we needed a, a, a sustainability project to all work together on. And uh, we had an opportunity within the uh, Partnership for Climate Smart Commodities grant through the USDA where we got together and and created an organization called Farmers for Soil Health, which is uh, going to pay farmers to adopt cover crops and then also to have technical assistance to help them navigate cover crops, uh, other sustainability practices, um, and then also create a marketplace where farmers can sell climate-smart commodities, um, you know, b- that is practice-based, not additionality, um, that allows farmers to be price makers, not price takers. So as a farmer myself, a lot of times we hear about these types of things and they're going to say, well, oh, no, it's another one of these programs. So what makes this different from maybe some other things that people may be aware of out there? Right. So – a unique opportunity is because this program is being overseen by the checkoff organizations who are all have farmer boards, right? We have a farmer advisory group. And so we 
uh, our goal was to create the most farmer-centric program that de-risked uh, some of these, uh, you know, sustainability pro- processes on your farm. And so, you know, if I was to think about who's overseeing this, right, it's not some corporate entity. It's not some organization looking to capitalize on some, you know, offset, right? We are solely here to serve farmers and provide profitability opportunities within this space, which is unique. Um, it never, you know, it's never been done before from a, a national organizations to figure out how to actually get uh, funding from USDA into farmers' pockets. So USDA is helping with this, of course. Why does USDA want to use this mechanism to be able to get that money then out to farmers with for cover crops? Well, so USDA is really looking at um, really reducing some of the greenhouse gas emissions and some of those. Um, you know, kind of getting with that kind of more of that, you know, mindset around offsets and things. And really, we see it as an opportunity for us to get some funding to help farmers adopt more practices that help them with resilience, right? Um, within, you know, and I, we believe that sustainability is a key to unlocking some of that resilience for farmers that have to deal with, you know, variable weather events and, um, you know, wetter periods, drier periods. And I think that we see the opportunity within cover crops and then also additional sustainability practices to help them with that resilience so that they can always stay profitable, that they can always, you know, as I always talk about, is like, so they have something to harvest in the fall, right? You know, and so that's important to us, right? This program solely focuses on cover crops, though. Is that correct? And if so, then why was the emphasis put on cover crops? Obviously, that has to be a key uh, if we're going to focus on it. Yeah, so cover crops get brought up a lot, but it's, you know, we talk about, you know, we're trying to get to doubling cover crops by 2030, right? You know, so that's a metric goal that we created. And anytime you apply for a grant, you have to have a metric goal to achieve for. But really, we're really focused, hyper-focused on helping farmers with increasing conservation practices on their farm. And that's what that technical assistance is there for, right? So, you know, we actually, part of this grant is um, 20 million of it is going towards building out this technical assistance. That's not going to just help farmers with cover crops, but help them with a lot of other things that they have on their farm, right? Uh, But, uh, you know, we do have the element where we do cost share as part of our program, and that's $70 million is going towards farmers for cover crops. So it's kind of hard because it's like, yes, we are working on cover crops and trying to adopt cover crops, but it's not solely focused on cover crops. We really want to be a holistic program that really helps farmers with the profitability. So let's get into some of the details. And if I'm listening to this, I'm interested. Uh, we've heard about plenty of other programs, but my there's a very low barrier to entry really on this program, it sounds like. Yeah. You know, we are looking at uh, that's that's the hallmark of our program is very farmer centric. Right. So really, you know, you go to farmers for There's an enroll now button. And really all we're looking for is your name, your address, uh, high level management information, such as, you know, kind of what cover crops you would put on, uh, you know, your FSA number, uh, which is important to identify the field, and um, uh, your, your Social Security number or farm ID number because that's how we pay you, right? And we know you are a orga- uh, person. And so 
that's that's it, right? That's just to get you started. You outline what fields you want to participate in. There's an easy map where you can just you know click on you know, click on your fields, or you can map your own fields, or whatever you want to do. And so it's it's should be super simple for farmers to engage with. And the other thing is is um, you know there's a low bar. You know if if you decide hey this isn't for me, you, there's no cancellation fee. You know no one's going to hold that over you if you tr- you know. Uh, you know, if you have issues, as we are very concerned about, you know, there's the variability, right, within weather conditions. And so the opportunity, you know, say, hey, it didn't work this year. We're not going to kick you out of the program. We're not looking for a carbon number. We're just really to help you, right? And this is an opportunity for you to help get some financial assistance with this transition. So the payment then will be two dollars an acre is that right to help offset the seeding of cover crops so if you're new to cover crops it's actually fifty dollars an acre over three years so the first year is twenty five dollars second year is fifteen and the third year is ten and hopefully you're seeing those benefits over those three-year period um and then the two dollar per acre is for farmers that have already adopted those practices and, um, you know, so sometimes I always get the question like, well, why is it only $2? It's not very much, right? But what I tell people is this is the opportunity for, you know, we're not looking at additionality, right? We're not looking at some sort of carbon number. Um, but it's an opportunity for you to kind of play into the marketplace, right? And so this is kind of opens up that marketplace. So we're creating this platform where different companies are looking to buy climate smart commodities, so commodities that you've raised under certain practices, they want to buy them, right? Because they're going to calculate whatever they want on their end, right? Carbon or greenhouse gases or whatever. But that's not the onerous is not on the farmer, right? There's nobody showing up on your farm to soil sample, right? And so they're just purchasing those, those commodities, which are verified by satellites, right, based off of what you did. And so it creates the opportunity for those farmers to actually be price makers, not price takers in this space, right? Where before, you know, you sign a carbon contract, you're locked in, and then you have to deal with all this paperwork that you got to do. Our program is not set up that way. It's an open platform, and you can actually have multiple companies buying to buy your commodities that you raise under certain practices. And so they will, you know, they will negotiate the price, and you can say yes or no. Um, and it's on a mass balance approach. So essentially, you don't have to actually drive the grain to where they want you to take it to. You still take it to wherever you no- normally take it. And so it's more of just that accountability on their end that they use to calculate within their modeling, whatever they are doing with it. Um, and so you have the opportunity and the power is back within the farmer to kind of to be in control of this space and not just be kind of, you know, pulled by the leash and they're like you're going this way so the the power is still within the farmer uh and to kind of help with their profitability so if i do this then you mentioned the marketplace several times i get my money i see my cover crops maybe i don't do all of my fields i just do one of my fields then what is the marketplace how do i then maybe capture some other money on the other end whenever i've grown this crop using cover crops yeah, so the the marketplace is being uh, is should be enrolled by this spring is what we're hoping for, and so this marketplace will essentially be a platform for farmers. You know, you go in there, your information's already in there because you've already enrolled in the DTN platform. Uh, you know, you've enrolled your your 
cost share acres, right? And so you're in there, and then those companies that are buying for that, they are looking at, I want to purchase you know, 400 million bushels of soybeans raised under certain practices, and then boom, there's all these fields. And they can highlight kind of which areas they want to you know, purchase these commodities from. And then it will essentially highlight to the farmer, hey, so-and-so company wants to purchase your commodities raised under certain practices, yes or no. And you can maybe negotiate the price with them, and saying, "Well, I'll, I'm only gonna, I'm only accepting, you know, however much." Um, one of the things we always run into is like, since we're not a capitalist mindset within the commodity organizations, we're not going out there and saying how much exactly a farmer is going to make because we're developing the platform, and we don't want to sell some uh, the farmers a bag of goods and kind of say, "This is what you're going to make." And so we're kind of hesitant on kind of like. But, you know, we've had some of the market analysis people tell us it could be, you know, anywhere from 25 to $50 an acre on top of the cost share. And, and that payment would be per acre, not per bushel. So I don't have to worry about somehow segregating out my yield or anything like that. That is correct. Yeah. By acre. Yeah. Everything will be on a field level um, management. Yep. You mentioned technical assistance. So where does that play into this? Because maybe I've used cover crops, maybe I haven't, but we can always use expertise. So how does this fit into the model? Yeah, so um, one of the things that was very important to us was not just having, you know, cost share elements and a platform element, but we wanted to make sure that there was support for farmers to take on these cost share dollars to have um, somebody who can help them, you know, take on cover crops. And so that was important to us. And so we dedicated $20 million of this grant to work with um, state commodity groups who help dictate what that what that technical assistance looks like. And those people are conservation agronomists. They could be farmer advisors. They could be additional commodity staff who's helping farmers with this transition or just to navigate the marketplace, right? So say you're already doing cover crops and you want to help navigating the marketplace. Well, there's technical assistance. You can go to um, farmersforsoilhealth.com and there's the phone number for the person to call. So as I think through this then, what about the sign-up? How long do I have to do this? Because the funding for this was just uh, authorized in the summer of 23. So where are we at in that process? Yeah, so this is a five-year program. We have funding for five years. Uh, so the first year sign-up ends in February, the, the last day of February. Um, of 2024. Of 2024, yep. And so then the next year starts March 1st. And so there's still opportunities. So say you proactively had planted cover crops there's still time for you to sign up for this for this cycle um but if not there will be additional sign up periods right so next year you can sign up and and the sign up periods for three years and you can just do a few acres uh and then we potentially forecast that there might be a third year of sign up um and so that's for three years and so um this is for five years, but really we see that this marketplace development, really this cost share is really kind of give this a jolt of life into the marketplace development, which is going to be our long-term uh, program that we're going to continue to see uh, thrive and flourish. And so while it's just kind of like this transition right now is only five years, but we really see that there's a, there, this program is going to have a lot of legs going forward. Are there any limits on how many acres I can sign up? Yeah, so for the cost share, uh, we're really looking at uh, within the existing uh, cover crop acres, the $2 per acre is really $600 for our 600 acres uh, per farm. And then for the 
uh, new to cover crops, we're looking at a thousand acres. All right. And so then if I sign up, I would get my payment for just year one of that. And then after I've established them, do I have payments in future years or is it just kind of a one year type of thing? So, so for the existing cover crops, it's one year. Um, and with the transition payment, you know, so essentially it's a three year program. So you have funding for those three years, but you know, you can assign up other fields as you go through. What about other carbon programs that are out there then? Is this prohibit me from being a part of those, or how do they all fit together? Oh, yeah, that's great. Great question. So one of the really great things about our program is you can stack additional payments. Um, uh, we don't – you cannot stack with other federal programs. So you can't sign up for our program and equip program because those were – the both payments are coming from USDA. So that's not allowed. Uh, you can stack if if there's opportunities within the carbon program that does not affect the farmers for soil health opportunities. You know, some of that has to play out, and we have to see how all that stacks up. Um, but uh, really, kind of a key resource that I have been telling people is that uh, state level uh, cost share programs or watershed programs those are fair game, right? And so, really, look to stack within those state-level funds um, along with your program to maximize profitability. Talk about the partnership that's involved here because corn and soybeans, people say, okay, I can see that it's crops, but pork is involved. Why pork? Why are these commodity groups coming together to do this? Well, uh, pork, uh, uh, people who raise hogs, they buy a lot of grain. And so they're very interested in making sure that they're a player in the commodity space. Um, and so they want to make sure that, um, you know, they're also helping U.S. grain growers to offset some of these things and have these potential opportunities to raise more sustainable um, grains so that they can feed their hogs and, and have and lower their um, footprint within kind of what they're developing. And so it's a unique opportunity um, to really look at the holistic system of nutrients, right? As nutrients go in, you know, we, you know, it doesn't just stop when we harvest and take it to the, to the bin. So it's, there's a whole system where it goes through the process. And, and it's really important as U.S., as agriculture, we all work together and that we're all jointly in this space together to kind of really maximize our sustainability and to really tell that story as well. As we look down the road and kind of to the future in a global picture, is this where we're heading, do you think, with a lot of the crops that we grow, that we will be continued to uh, perhaps have an incentive, not only on the front end, but maybe on the back end through the marketplace for how we grow some of these crops? Where do you think we're headed? Yeah, I really foresee, you know, if, you know, this could just be the first step. I really think, you know, we could have opportunities where this this marketplace is then, you know, we could be doing dairy, we could be doing sorghum, milo, you know, all these different commodities could be doing this. Um, and based off of what companies want, you know, how much they're willing to, to trade on this and all that. And so it's, it's really going to be, it's really exciting. We're in the early stages right now, so we don't know, but it's really important that we do have corn, soybean, and pork on this um, as kind of these initial groups to kind of really kickstart it. But we really foresee kind of bringing in a lot of different um, different commodities and really allowing the marketplace to grow and thrive and not just kind of keep it very strict and stringent, right? Allowing it to kind of figure out where it's going to go and what it's going to do and have that flexibility built in. 
I'm curious with your position, certainly you work with farmers, but you also see in general this marketplace out there in demand. Which side has uh, more capacity right now? Are there, are there lots of people out there wanting to buy uh, these sorts of credits? Do we have enough farmers that can supply these? Where do we stand? Are we balanced right now? What do you see out there? Yeah, so it, it's uh, that's a really great question because, um, you know, I think if we think about three, four years ago, everybody was about carbon neutral. Well, yeah, we were, we're going to get carbon neutral. Um, these companies have figured out, hey, I can't innovate my way to carbon neutral. I have buildings. I have electricity. I got, you know, I got planes. I got trucks. There's no way I can innovate enough of, of what I already have to actually get to carbon neutral. And so they've realized they have to interact with the land sector. And guess what? We're the land sector. And so we are now in a, in a position where we can help those companies create those offsets. But we're going to work our tail off to make sure that the farmers are getting max profitability and max opportunity within that space. We want to be the, the drivers of this and not just be kind of pulled by the leash and, and kind of dr- drug in one direction because we have to, right? This, we're in the position of power in this, in this space right now, and we need to operate in this space. And that's why it's important for farmers to engage with it because if they don't engage with it, then, it, you know, other scenarios could go down the road. And so it's important that, you know, this opportunity where the the commodity groups are in in the driver's seat, and the farmers are in the driver's seat right now to control our destiny, and we want to keep it that way. In the time we have remaining here, you're obviously out here on the road and talking about this to lots of folks. What are some of the other questions or concerns that they have that you hear? Because a lot of times we carry some of the baggage, if you will, with us from past things that have happened. So what types of things are you hearing out in the countryside? Yeah, so I think, you know, farmers are obviously hesitant to anything new, right? And I don't blame them. Um, you know, the way I look at it is that, you know, uh, our, our program is farmer centric. So obviously we're, our, we're, we're commodity or groups. So we have commodity bo- farmers that are on our board of directors. And so we are not being driven by, you know, corporate greed or trying, we're really f- hyper focused on finding a program that works best for farmers. Uh, we also created a farmer advisory group within the Farmers for Soil Health. So they are, you know, they meet once a month or or as needed um, where they're really kind of talking about, okay, here's here's our program and strategy for the next kind of couple, you know, the next month, and this is what's going to happen. And they can kind of give us feedback on, you know, if farmers want that or not. And so it's a unique opportunity where, you know, we have those elements in place, those safeguards with in place to help make sure that we're creating the best program we can possible for farmers. We've alluded to this, but let's talk about how do I find out more? How do I sign up? Uh, some of those type of particulars. Yeah, so farmersforsoilhealth.com is where you go for all your information. Um, and it will actually tell you who your technical advisor is. It will have a phone number. You can call them that day. Uh, there's an Enroll Now button that will take you to the um, platform where you can sign up and, and, and play with it. Um, and so, once again, you know, it's, there's no kind of, you know, if you feel like it's not right for you or at, at any point in time, you can always cancel. And so um, we try to really build in that flexibility and really making that threshold to get signed up very low. Well, and I'm sure you're hoping, though, it is a way that people can at least begin this process or experiment with it at a fairly low risk because they get some help with it. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's the key opportunity is is really de-risking, right? So uh, historically, it's always been like, oh, if you're in this carbon program, you have to adopt cover crops, but they're just going to pay you for carbon. They're not actually helping you with cover crops or how to manage it, um, you know, and then they're just going to give you some sort of mystery number based off of whatever soil sample, right? And so our program is a, a direct cost share. You know the funding is coming directly from USDA. We have the money in in the bank, essentially. You just going online and going through the platform and, and some of the minor steps is how you unlock those funding. And so it's sitting right there. It's not some – we don't have to sell a bunch of machinery. We don't have to sell carbon. We don't have to do any of these weird things that some of these other um, things have to do. And so it's just sitting right there, and it's, and it's, it's for farmers. I, that's what it's for. And, um, and so that's, that's kind of a key element of this. Jack, I appreciate the time. All right. Thank you. I know this is a program I'll be looking at as a way for us to use more cover crops on our own farm. And to learn more, that website again is farmersforsoilhealth.com. I appreciate you joining us. Remember, you can hear past shows in a variety of ways at farmingthecountryside.com. And if you're listening to the podcast, just go to your podcast platform and scroll through the archives to find topics of interest. Also, you can follow Farming the Countryside and our daily show, American Countryside, on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Just type in Farming the Countryside or American Countryside. I appreciate you joining me. I'm Andrew McRae. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. This edition of Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by the Top Producer Summit, held February 5th through 7th in Kansas City. Register now for a schedule packed with the nation's top farmers and leaders speaking on important industry topics. All of the 2024 Top Producer Summit in KC.